Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to Women of the Hobby. So today we, this is episode 15. We have a, another new guest. We have Susan. Um, you probably have seen her. She's pretty active and involved in the community, uh, but we're excited to have her on and try and get some of her insight and perspective into the hobby. Uh, so welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. So I... Just a little background, I think of like kind of how I found you and like how I've like been following you. So whenever I first joined, quote unquote, the hobby, I started a Twitter. Um, so that was like my main platform that I was on was Twitter. Didn't see too many females, but I found you. And then I saw that you also did card chats. So I know that is like something that you're pretty involved in as well. So then I just started following you ever since. But I was just super excited in the beginning just to see a woman. I was like, wow, it's amazing. So yeah, I'm excited to kind of see you know like what you've been doing and everything so could you explain maybe like your background and things like that yeah so I mean I've been collecting you know one of those I've been collecting my whole life you know I started as a kid and just collecting everything you know mostly baseball cards because baseball is my thing but I love other sports and non-sports um and as I got older you know I still collected and then my focus really became on like I'm a big Yankees fan I'm from New York so my fake my focus was on the Yankees and Derek Jeter he was 1996 rookie of the year I was a 16 year old high school kid you know like like everybody every other Yankee fan you just fell in love with Derek Jeter so he he became the real focus of my collection so that's I buy lots of Jeter cards and um as I got older, you know, I sort of, um, I wanted to be a sports writer, which I did for 15 years. Um, but I took that love of writing and that love of collecting cards and created a card blog with one of my, with one of my friends, another woman, uh, Marie, and we created a cardboard problem and it was super fun. And it was like during this like heyday of like card blogs. And the fun thing was like, we were one of the few women out there that was like putting, and not that there were no other female collectors, obviously there are, but it was like, you just didn't know where to find them. You know, it was like, they weren't putting themselves out there. Um, so we, we got this following and I'm pretty sure it was just because it was two women who were writing about baseball cards. Um, but from there, I started writing for Beckett and then worked at Beckett as an editor for a few years doing um, basketball, football, and hockey editor. And then from there, I went to Tops and I got to work at Tops for five years, which was amazing. You know, like as a collector, like if you're going to work anywhere, like, yeah, Top, tops is it, you know? Um, and I was there for five years and I actually worked in marketing. I didn't do writing while I was there. Um, and I left after that for about 18 months and now I'm back into the hobby. I tried to stay away, but uh, they kept me, they brought me right back in. And now I work at Golden Auctions where I work with the editorial content team. Okay. So you've had quite the resume of hobby content for sure. And just like, it seems like throughout your career, it's the central theme has been sports though. Um, I think that's amazing. I think growing up or I think later maybe in life as well, I realized sports was something that I don't know if I wanted to focus on it professionally, but it's definitely something that I wanted to be involved like throughout my life. So, I mean, I feel like you're kind of living the dream of maybe what I should shoot for in the future <laughs> is like to have it revolved around sports, but no, that's awesome. I didn't uh, know about your card blog. So you all, you and your friend, you were writing about it. And did you just write like updates on like new sets or like what all like kind of content did you write about? Yeah, I mean, it's, it still sort of exists. And if we ever wanted to write it, like we can certainly publish on it, but like we, we it's been sort of dormant for quite some time now. Um, but it was like, you know, trades, you know, trade posts and mail day posts. It's like literally the same thing. Like you see on like Instagram and Twitter is like, 
it was a blog, you know, and said we were just writing about it. So, and just, oh, we went to this card shop today or we went to a card show, you know, it's just kind of just talking about our sort of exploits and our adventures in the trading card world. Cause we would, before kids and before, you know, like, you know, life happened, we would like go road tripping to like new card shops just to go check them out. And that was really fun. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I feel like as I'm making different travel plans, you know, COVID things are opening up. I'm making vacation plans. I'm like, Hmm, should I like scout out any of the local shops around? Like, <laughs> so it's definitely something that, you know, I think now is more in my mind as I just do like everyday things is cards is more central to what I'm doing in general. But no, that's awesome to hear about the blog. It seems like you've always been kind of like that content, creating content on about cards or writing about cards, which I think is awesome because you have to write about things that you love. I mean, there's really nothing better. <laughs> so it's awesome. Um, but in terms of like, it seems like throughout, as I said, you've kind of been involved in sports. What is kind of your been your take on being in such like a male dominated industry throughout like sports writing? And then I'm sure at your other companies as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like I've always been in a male dominated like job, like everywhere I worked was essentially like it's like me and a bunch of guys and it's, yeah. it's fine. And it's like, I can, I, you know, I, I like sports and I liked, you know, during the heyday, I liked poker and I was into this. So it's like, I always had great things to talk about with people. That was never an issue. Um, but I definitely missed and craved that sort of, um, you know, having other women around. So whenever, you know, when I worked, you know, it was a sports writer, like there were, there were other women there, you know, it was great. And you sort of like, kind of bonded with each other because like we were experiencing something that was different than other people like the guys could go in there but like I'll be honest like I go in a locker room and it's fine but like I don't really want to hang out with guys standing around in towels all day like it's just like it's just not it's not really as exciting as people are like oh like oh there's guys and I'm like yeah it's weird it's uncomfortable <laughs> like it's not but other guys are comfortable around that and they're like that's okay but it's like so women sort of bonded over like, you know, our sort of shared, you know, love of the sport, number one, because nobody's, nobody's there for their day don't love sports, mm-hmm. um, but just sort of this uniqueness of what we're doing. But, you know, I think it helped me become a person who is able to speak up for myself, you know, become an advocate for myself, because it's easy to sort of get lost in the mix when there's all these like really strong personalities around. So, you know, it's the kind of thing that really helped me become my own person and sort of stand up for myself and, you know, just make sure that I'm heard, you know? Yeah, no, I think that definitely makes sense. Like there comes a point where it's like, okay, I'm tired of standing in the background. Like, no, I'm just going to like, you know, join in and like do what, yeah, like you said, just kind of like stand up for yourself. And like you said, sometimes you have to be your own like best advocate. So uh, yeah, I can definitely agree with that. But it does sound like, you know, you were able to find somewhat of a community uh, through other women who you were able to see there as well. Um, kind of going back to the car chat thing though, I did have one question that I wanted to pose. So you have, I believe you have like six questions every, is it, it's like Wednesdays, I believe. Yeah, I forgot this past Wednesday. I was watching the Knicks game and totally forgot about it. <laughs> it's okay. There are other priorities. There's NBA playoffs. You have to stay in tune. But um, yeah, so how do you, well, first off, so how do you like come up with the new questions each week? I find it hard enough just to, like, I don't know. I, how do you come up with these questions? 
Um, you know, I used to, when I first started, I started it, gosh, a very long time ago. I was actually working at Beckett. So we're talking like eight, nine years ago is when I started it. Um, you know, I used to come up with the questions like, um, the good, I would have a schedule. Like, here's what I want to talk about every week. What's going on? So like, you know, all the nationals coming up. Okay. So this week's card chat, you know, the, the schedules, I'll slot in the national for that baseball season starting that week's card chat would be about it. You know, it was always slotted in. So it made it easier to come up with the questions. Um, right now, it's so crazy that like I don't really have a schedule because there's always something going on, right? Target stops selling trading cards. Okay, let's talk about Target selling trading cards. NFTs are going crazy in the in the collectibles world. Let's talk about NFTs. So you know, I don't necessarily keep a schedule, but I like to because I want to make sure the card chat is always going to be on topic. So if something happens in the news that week, which for the last several months, it feels like every week something new is happening. I write about that. Um, but what I do is I want to make sure my questions are centered around like to get people engaged. So I don't want to ask like yes or no questions, you know, similar to how I would do interviews with athletes, right? I want to ask open-ended questions so that people will actually give like good responses as opposed to be like, nope, don't do that. Sorry. <laughs> and move on. But like, okay, you don't do that, but why? How do you do something? So lots of hows and why questions, um, you know, like I said, so I can get people engaged in the conversation because what's really cool about card chat is like, it's not just people answering me, but then it's other people talking talking to each other and then like really engaging in conversations with each other around, you know, different topics in trading cards. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, like the card chat responses, you'll have, I'm sure your notifications on Twitter are just like blowing oh. up. That night. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like there's so many responses and then I bet you get tagged and all these things. And yeah, the conversations, like they will flow in the Twitter feed. Like they, they go on for a while. Um, and I read every one. I just want to make it, I might not, I read every single response on card yeah. chat. Just just because some, I don't like them all, but sometimes I just like, I'll scroll through it and make sure I read every single one of them. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's a great way just to gain, I always like hearing other people's opinions on things. And I think it works perfectly with so much craziness happening within the past few months, especially with all the new news. So just hearing everyone's kind of like takes, like, so to speak on what they think is going on, I think is really valuable. But so what do you think in all your years of doing card chat, what has like been one of the most memorable like questions that you posed or like conversations that you think was had? You know, surprisingly, there was one that was like memorable, but not because of something good. Not, not, not that it was bad. I was recently I did a one on like technology mm -hmm. and it was just because one thing I want to see more and it's happening, which is so cool, is to see more technology involved in trading cards and collectibles because it's so sort of like uh, I forget what the word I was looking for but like everything it's like by hand you know it's like grading is by hand and hack at it, just whatever there's so many things that like I feel like technology could help advance collectors and even just from like a collecting standpoint like tracking your cards and different things and you see it a lot more now technology is definitely coming into the hub and you see more automations and things, which is wonderful. Um, so, but I wanted to get other people's opinion on this. And that card chat that night was like crickets, like nobody had any opinions. And it was like, and I also wanted to see like, there must be people doing things. So there was like a handful of like apps that people introduced me to that night, which was nice. But at the same time, I was like, why? does nobody talk about this? I was like, where is everybody? It was memorable in that way because I'm like, maybe I'm the only one who thinks this way that there should be more technology. I just don't think, I sometimes, 
the other things like yeah I have like a bunch of followers but the reality is like the majority of collectors are not like not the majority but like there's a lot of collectors not on social media you know so it's it's I always have to keep in mind that it's like a very small sample size that I'm working with when you know dealing with the comments and reading the comments on card chat yeah yeah definitely and I do find that interesting that there was like minimal response to that question but I think I've personally thought about technology and I think some people might be like in a way I've equated in the past like card collecting to the sport of baseball because it's very like traditional and kind of like in its ways and I'm wondering if like there's a facet or like a part of the hobby that is like is that way too like with their cards like they don't really want technology to be introduced like they want to collect like cardboard and like they want to do these things so I don't know that is interesting that and especially now like with like I know PSA had their like their kind of like AI type of grading thing introduced pretty recently as well so I find it interesting that there I was expecting you to say like so many people had opinions that like tore the room apart I <laughs> know yeah, I was I do think like you're right I do think a lot of the people who follow me, a lot of the people who follow me are also like the same people from like when my card blog started like there's a lot of them and it's like it is an older crowd so I do think that I think there is an older crowd that follows me I wondered if like if because I, I was thinking how do I bring card chat to like Instagram or like have a YouTube and do stuff there how different the responses would be because I do think that the demographic would be different on different platforms. Yeah, I would agree with that that as well. I think Twitter, even, yeah, I've noticed it does seem to be just like older, more, like not more mature, but just like older people because I think too, like in relationship of when the platforms came out, like Twitter was, Twitter was before Instagram, I believe. So that, that probably has something to do with it. But um, no, it's good to hear that from Card Chat as well. So as someone who's been in the hobby, I would say, you know, all your life, what has been kind of your perspective on how things have changed, especially within the past, I guess, like year or so, especially since COVID. So what's kind of your perspective on this? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like I'm a little different than a lot of collectors, a lot of like, same thing, like a lot of the older collectors. I embrace it. You know, like I'm not, I'm not a flipper. I'm not an investor. I collect cards to collect cards, but I enjoy the different perspectives and seeing people in the hobby. Um, and you know, it, it is, it's tough. Like I like to open boxes of cards and you know, yeah, I can't, I can't, I don't say I can't afford it, but it's like, it's definitely over my budget of what I would want to spend on a box of cards. So instead I adapted, I Instead, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to spend 150 bucks on this box of cards, but you know what? I'm going to take the 150 bucks and buy a Darren Jeter card that I didn't, I needed to fill a hole in my collection. So I, I adapted and just collected differently, you know? Um, I still enjoy seeing people's box breaks and I get to live vicariously through them through like, you know, group breaks or just watching YouTube or, you know, Instagram breaks. But I embrace it. I, I really enjoy seeing like new fresh faces into the hobby. You know, collecting can't live alone on like people who've been doing this for 20 years. You know, you need, you need new people. You need new blood. And when I worked at Tops, I, I worked in marketing and like, you know, the joke was like, people were like, so what is your job? And I always always say, I want people, my job is to make people love cards as much as I do. And if like you coming into the hobby and you're doing it differently than me, but you love cards and you're having fun. I have no problem with that. I enjoy it. I want, I want to see that. It is a little more expensive, but like I just have, have adapted to collecting differently. You know, I'll collect singles or or I'll collect, you know, things that maybe I didn't think about 
buying in the past you know we're just to like open up like i recently bought a uh a sabrina inescu like prism rookie card not to be honest i've never bought a WNBA card in my life <laughs> like i bought her card you know so i just you know i i don't have I, I mean i have a problem with people beating each other up in the parking lots <laughs> for training guards like that kind of stuff has no room in the hobby like violence and bullying and all that that has no room in the hobby you know that, there's no room for that for anywhere um but i do enjoy seeing fresh faces and new people and i understand a lot of people who are like the target people lining up these aren't they're looking to make a quick buck i get it it happens but i also think that kind of stuff is cyclical like i think once the secondary market sort of flattens out and evens out to a certain point like cars will be available again and maybe not for 20 bucks for a blaster it might be more expensive than that but i do think eventually cards will be available again to sort of mad the masses so to speak yeah yeah i definitely agree i think like you have to be adaptable in like in all situations and this is just another one where you yeah i feel like i myself i started off yeah just like opening boxes and then obviously the price that at a certain point it prices people out so you just can't, you can't go for that anymore um but yeah i will agree you just kind of have to find different avenues and like maybe you learn to collect something because it's just more budget friendly maybe it wasn't your initial you know what you normally collect but yeah like it's just like something that you can afford and that you still enjoy um, as well. But yeah, the, the Sabrina, um, actually the only hobby box that I've ever like opened was the WNBA Prism because at the time it was like 250 a box and like that was the thing I could afford. So like, I mean, yeah, so you just kind of have to go with what you can do, but I really enjoyed it. I still thought it was just as fun and like it was awesome to open up as well. Yeah, one of the sports I used to cover when I was a sports writer is um, I did some college basketball, women's women's college basketball, and there's still players that like I wrote about back then who were in the in the WNBA. So it's kind of cool seeing like Candace Parker, like mm-hmm. you know I got to watch her play. Maya Moore, I got to watch her play. So it's like there, you know, there's still people who I was covering when they were in college that are still playing. So it's cool to like you know that that's one thing I like. Like I like collecting cards of people that like I wrote about once upon a time so like Mike Trout I was when I was right I was in South Jersey and so Mike Trout was just a high school kid at the time and like (laughs) like nobody knew Mike Trout um so I cool let me collect his cards and now you know they're a lot they're really yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean yeah Mike Trout is the pinnacle of baseball pretty much but um yeah no I think it's cool that you can also make that connection just because like, I feel like your life is just like revolved around sports, which I kind of envy you because I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> but um, no, I think it's cool that you're able to make that connection with the, um, the people that you wrote about. And so you covered like Philadelphia sports. Yeah, I did a lot more Phillies, um, a handful, like it, it, what I covered was like a big range. So I did like anywhere from like high school sports. Um, I covered the rodeo once in Atlantic City, so I covered a lot of different things. Um, a lot of college, you know, writing about a lot about the college kids, like in our area, doing different things. And then, you know, Rockers football when they were big, when they were like hot for that, like that one season. And then like women's college basketball because like Rockers women were pretty good at the time, and like they were going crazy, and they made it like you know to the NCAA final four I think they made the actual finals that year um so yeah I did it was I covered a lot of different sports but it was at the time it was generally centered around like South Jersey and Philadelphia okay yeah that makes um that makes a lot of sense um so in terms of the hobby you said that you enjoy 
or used to enjoy like opening up boxes, but now you've kind of transitioned to singles. But what do you think you participate in the most? Like, is it buying singles or do you like join in on breaks or like if you had to choose, like what would you do the most? Would you probably like- buy singles? That's always been my big thing. Like, again, I'm a Derek Jeter collector. Like that's my first focus always. Um, and for a very long time, I pre pre COVID, um, I would just buy my cards at card shows because I'm in New York and there was tons of card shows and obviously everybody had Jeter cards because we're in New York. Um, so I would just buy singles and like come home with like, you know, 30 to 40 cards from a card show, find out I had most of them because, you know, I keep a, I keep a poor list of my collection and then, you know, go out. So I, I really enjoy buying singles more than anything else. Okay. So in terms of your Derek Jeter collection, do you have like a count of how many you have or like, are you doing sets or? No, I'm still working on it. I have definitely over, I've over 2,700 different Derek Jeter cards. Wow. It's a lot. It's a lot. I know. Um, I have a lot of doubles, but that's not counting doubles. It's uh, over 2,700 different Jeter cards. So like during the pandemic, like honestly, like, yeah, I was buying cards, but like I was using... I was buying like I, you know, to put a better list together. I kind of have to sneeze. I was trying not to okay. I put a better list together, and then was plugging in holes of like cards I needed, and was picking up. You know, you know, the people. There's a lot of Jeter collectors who try to go for like the full 1992 to 1996 run, which is it's it's difficult because some of those cards are expensive. But I worked a lot on that, so I think in for 1992, I think there's two cards I don't have now at this point, and one of them's like never gonna happen because it's like a $25,000 card and you know I don't have that kind of money so (laughs) that's never gonna happen um but yeah so I enjoy buying singles mostly yeah um so how do you track like I know there's I believe I've seen some people use like a website where they can like put in their cards do you do that or do you just like kind of know (laughs) Oh, no, I, I used to know. I could tell by just looking at a picture if I had a card. And then I realized after like the seventh time of like buying doubles, I'm like, I don't know anymore. Right. Um, so I put them into Google, a Google sheet so that I could access it like when I'm on the go. Um, recently, I downloaded, because I said we're talking about technology. Recently, I downloaded, if I can figure out the name without... I haven't um, used card base. So I recently downloaded card base, which like does tracking for like cards and it actually tells you value as well. I'm not as interested in value, but at the same time, like I'm, it, it's always like, Oh, okay. That car's worth this much money. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So one day when I have a, f- a free spare moment in my life, which is generally like never, um, I will log my cards into there. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, so I'm like a Luke Keekley fan. I don't have anywhere close to that, but I like, I feel like anytime I see his card, yeah, it's like, no matter if I think I have it or not, I'm like, yeah, I'll just pick it up. It's fine. Like I'll just add it. Yeah, I don't mind getting the doubles. It's fine. I'll just <laughs> use them. Yeah. I use them for like, to, eventually again, it's like one of those, like, oh, well, not one day when I have free time, I use them to trade with other people who are Jeter play. I've done that. Like we'll trade each other like doubles. and like, this is how we get like different cards. Okay. Um, or I can just sell the doubles and buy like cards I want. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like it's like there's kind of a benefit to collecting someone like who's very good like Jeter like it kind of is I don't think his cards will lose value over time so it is nice to know that like you're collecting someone that has long-term like hold in your your investment or your like your collection as well so I think that's a nice perk um 
to get the cards because you're like oh i want this but it's five hundred dollars cool <laughs> wow yeah that's crazy like yeah his cards i know he has his what is his like it's his 93 like sp that's like his yeah, one that's the big one yeah the 93 sp how much is that one in like a a grade so it, they're hard to grade because they're condition sensitive because of the, this foil on it. So that's like prone to chipping and literally one, a gem men 10 PSA of only 21 exists in, in the world of all the PSA ones that have been graded. And it's something oh. like, an abs- it's like tens of thousands that have been oh, wow. 21 exists. And one just sold uh, at Golden this past weekend for close to $500,000 with the buyer's premium. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't have. A, I have one, but it's not a Gemini. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that is that's crazy. That card is that. What I'm. Yeah, I'm curious. I bet the like the gym percentage is what like point oh 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 something. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. It's crazy. It it really is. Like I think I was looking at it, and I might have might be a little off on my numbers, but I, I'm pretty sure it was something like twenty. Only twenty one Gemini tens exist. Wow. Yeah. So. The, like I had a question more about that so like the 1993 <laughs> set um would that be considered like was that a set that was produced a lot or no I mean it was produced like in the same sort of of other sets like, like the issue like I said is that it's on a I'm trying to think what the card is if I could show it to you but I think it's in my closet mm-hmm. um, the problem is that because of the way the card is made, like there was a foil on top of it and they're just known for chipping. So mm-hmm. because of that, like edges tend to have a lower grade, corners will have like showing some white, so they'll have lower grades. And like, I literally just pulled up the PSA pop report because that stays open on my computer at all times. Yep, 21 PSA 10s, 610 nines, which is still not a crazy high number when you consider 18, 19, thousand of them have been graded by PSA yeah what's the highest number like that it's graded in like a seven or something um an eight so eight. nine thousand eights wow yeah that's a huge jump though like nine thousand eights in basically like six hundred nine and tens yeah. yeah that's crazy so very condition sensitive so but it's cool that you already like kind of have one it really I feel like if you're a true collector you really don't like yeah, I mean, I've bought it like years, honestly, I probably bought it well over 10 years ago. I remember like when I was, again, when I was collecting Jeter cards, I'm like, I have to buy this card. And at the time I'm like, I'm broke. I have a job though. But like, really, I'm like, a high, I'm still a high school kid. So I'm like, I'm like saving up my pennies just to buy this one card. And at the time I'm like, oh, a hundred dollars. It's so much money, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh, I wish I bought all of them at that price. <laughs> exactly exactly that's one of the things I think with cards it's like I wish I could have gotten in like I wish I was like a long-term collector so I would have just seen like the vast difference I feel like it's it has to be kind of fun to see like other people start to enjoy what you've enjoyed your whole life so I think that would be a fun thing to to reminisce on or whatnot um but so what is your actual favorite card that you own though is it that card or um, you know, it's up there. Um, I have a couple of different favorite cards. One of them is, um, I always forget the year, but it's a Fleer, um, 
tradition like this day in history kind of card and it's it's not the best designs i'm not gonna lie but it's just like it's like a calendar and has a date and then this one's autographed by jeter the mm-hmm. date happens to be my birthday which is july oh. 11th, so it makes me one of my favorite cards um the other one is a 2014 tops update uh jeter clear card okay the reason is i know it's so random but like so when I first started working at Tops, one of my first jobs was to pick the images that went onto baseball cards. And I got to pick, that was my first Jeter card that I picked the image of, it was 2014 Tops update from like the All-Star game. And my husband bought me the clear parallel as like an anniversary of Valentine's Day gift. And so that is one of my favorite cards. Oh, no, that's a, I love how you have like such strong connections really to both of those. I mean, the one it has like your birthday and then yeah the second one it's something that you actually see so you pick the picture that was on that card and it's, yeah so the clear one can you see it like in the yeah, it's like it's on acetate it's okay. number 10 um so it's like obviously it's a very rare card but uh it's cool I like it yeah yeah that's awesome I love how you have such a strong connection to both of those um no that's cool to hear so what card are you looking to buy next though is there anything on your radar that you'd like to get there's a i want to say i gotta look at my i gotta look i forget if it's from 94 and 95 so i'm gonna check my ebay list because (laughs) save searches yeah exactly um it's from either 94 or 95 it's a like jeter columbus clippers card again so i'm like now i'm like trying to do like these lower end stuff 95 95 columbus clippers card and you know, they're, it's not that they're pricey. I could afford one. I'm just trying to be cheap about it. So, so yeah. I'm like, oh, here's the best offer. Oh, you don't want it? Okay, cool. <laughs> I'll try to find it from somebody else. So his Columbus, that's like the minor league team that he played on? Yeah, it was his AAA team. Okay. Um, I feel so terrible. I always get Jeter and A-Rod confused, which I don't know. That's just how I am in my brain. But I know like, I want to say it was Jeter. It might have been A-Rod, but one of them played. I used to, like, I did an internship in Greensboro, and they had the Greensboro Grasshoppers. And I think when it used to be connected to the Marlins, I want to say, I don't know. I feel like one of them played there. Um, so and they used to be the Greensboro Bats. Okay. And you played for them back in, like, it was, like, single A. So, so it was Jeter. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I'm not At the time, they were the Yankees affiliate. They're single A affiliate. Okay. Okay. See, you you know the Jeter history. I love that. I just know. Yeah, I just know that. Like, if you ask me about anybody else, like, I I have no idea. I want to know. Okay. So yeah, I think they've gone through probably several name changes, but yeah, so that makes sense. So I knew they were talking about. They're like, oh, Jeter used to play for this team. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> but um, no, that's fun and exciting. So lastly, here the last question I have. So what advice do you have for? You've been in it for a while. You've been involved you've had friends like get in it as well so what advice do you have for other women trying to get into the hobby yeah so one fun one fun thing I want to make I want to mention is like again it's a little older crowd it's but it's Facebook we have I we uh, a friend of mine Sarah Layton who Layton sports cards she uh and I and Ty who runs the bullpen in LA also um created a Facebook group for female collectors it's called women in cards so if any women are on Facebook and they want to join come through it's a place where literally you it's like the same content you people just writing about their mail days and this and that but it's just a bunch of women so that like I don't want to call it a safe space that's like a, I don't know, it's like it's a place where like 
it's cool. It's, it's a fun hangout. You know, it's like, I really enjoy talking to other women in the hobby. And um, so that's cool. So come, come join our Facebook group, women in cards. Um, but just collect what you enjoy, you know, don't try to collect everything. Cause if you try to collect everything, you're going to get burned out and it's not going to be enjoyable. Just find your focus, find the thing that you really like about the hobby, whether it's collecting your team or collecting a favorite player, or you want to collect sets. Um, but find that thing that you really enjoy about the hobby and about cards and focus on that. So that if you, again, you're never going to collect everything. Like I know there's a stupid amount of Jeter cards and I'm never going to collect every Jeter card. That's not to say I'm not going to pretend in my mind, like I'm going to do it, but it's impossible, but it's what I enjoy. That's what I love to do. So find that thing that you love and focus on that because while collecting as like a big picture collecting is like, hey, it's about collecting trading cards. Each individual person, it's so unique to them. Their collection means something to them differently than yours means to you or mine means to me. And, you know, my husband is a huge collector too. Like my, on back of our dresser there, it's all, it's all cards. So <laughs> every collection means something different to somebody. And so find the thing that means the most to you. Yeah, no, I, I think that's awesome advice. And yeah, it was a great way to end it. I'm so glad you were able to come on and able to hear about what you've been doing and things you've been involved in. So yeah, thank you. No, thank you. I really, I love your channel and I love that you're supporting women in the hobby and I'm really excited to see where it goes. Thank you.